Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. I had to laugh last week um, when Wayne was talking about, Wayne did a fantastic job last week. I, I mean, I have, to, I have to admit, he is my favorite preacher. Uh, every Sunday I'm like, yo, babe, that was so awesome. Anyway, so he, he unpacked the, the title and the start of our Abide series with um, the word became flesh. And he really began to unpack that a lot. And um, one thing he spoke about was how uh, the, the rabbis, I think it was, how they would, they would kiss the, the text, the scrolls, the Torah. Um, and I, I was like, oh, wow, because... For some reason, when I got born again, I'd kiss my Bible whenever I'd read it at night, and I'd kiss it, and I'd go to bed, you know, I'd put it in my side table, and I was like, there's something precious about this word. I'm a rabbi, Rabbi Trish. (laughs) Um, I love my Bible. My Bible loves me, yeah? And it's precious, guys. The Word of God is the most precious thing that we have because it has the power to transform our lives when we will allow it to. Um, So as Wayne unpacked the Word became flesh, he explained that the Word is Jesus and, um, and that Jesus is the Word and that the Word, there's such depth and such um, profound revelation around even that word, the word. So I really want to encourage you, if you didn't hear the sermon last week, go and listen to it because it will set a foundation for what we're doing over the next couple of weeks. Um, and I love, there was one part that he said, he said, the word became flesh, and that's obviously the incarnation of Jesus um, as God in the form of man on the earth. But he, he mentioned something really profound about the days, um, the, 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 the written word that God has about each one of our lives and all the days that are numbered for us. And that when we are allowed with him, it's like that word becomes incarnate through our lives and we begin to walk out the, the path that God has because he had a specific intentionality when he created us. And so there's something really powerful about the word becoming flesh in our lives as we draw closer to God and he begins to unpack that as we walk out our days. So it was really profound and it set us up for today. And today we're going to be looking at the word gives life. So if we draw a correlation between last week and this week, uh, the word is Jesus, the word gives life, Jesus gives life. All right, so turn to your neighbor and say, the word gives life, the word is Jesus, Jesus gives life. And I thought we would have a little bit of fun today. Um, I know on the screen you probably won't be able to see this, but uh, everybody in the room will, will be able to see it. And uh, I'm going to ask our three elder ladies to come on up. And I've asked them to come and help me here. And, and all their names begin with an N, Knox, Navasha, and Nontando. So there must be an anointing on the letter N today. So... I've asked them um, during the week to just think about what it means to have a healthy, whole, vibrant life. 
okay? And I've asked them to think about some describing words because I really want us to unpack what life is and, um, and for us to all be on the same page. And I thought it would be fun to bring them in because they're so gorgeous and they're so wise and beautiful and amazing. So they're going to they're gonna write, they're going to draw like a little line and then the word and they're going to say the word really loudly. Make sense? Okay, let's roll. She's got school teacher handwriting. Okay, peace. Life and peace. Not a school teacher handwriting. Vitality. Vitality. Oh, these girls are good, hey? Humility. What is a whole, healthy, vibrant life? Determination. Determination. Come on. This four-letter word is becoming very deep and profound, is it not? Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> Anybody having needed courage in the past two years to face the things they had to face? Yeah. Do you know what I would add to this? Hope, passion, meaning, purpose, freedom. Life 
What you see here is what the Bible describes as the God kind of life. Zoe life. It's a life that is rich, a life that endures through the hardest of times. It's the life that you want to replicate. You want to see it replicated in other people's lives. It's the life that causes you to face every day with a smile on your face and a hopeful expectation no matter what the day holds. This is what God desires for us, his children. He desires Zoe life for us. Thanks, ladies. Why don't you take your seats? In John 10, 10, it says that the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life. I've come that you may enjoy life, that you would have life in abundance, that it would be a fulfilling life, it would be a purposeful life, it would be a life of intentionality and goodness, and that it would overflow into the lives of others. So if you take a look at this and you find an opposite for each of these, the opposite of life would be death. Growth would maybe be stagnation, moving, moving backwards. Humility, would, opposite would be pride, you know. Laughter would be downcast and sullen. Faith would maybe be unbelief, just a lack of believing that anything good can happen. Courage, opposite would be fearful, like overwhelmed by the circumstances, resilience, opposite B, giving up, sense of weak, it's like can't take it anymore, opposite of peace, restlessness, <laughs> rage. <laughs> when you look at your life, do you see what God intended for your life? Or do you see the ramifications of what the thief has come to do in your life. And I, my hope is as we go through today's word, that you would do a, a stock check of your life, that you would constantly be really asking yourself the tough questions, really be positioning yourself with where am I at? Be intentional as we go through this word. Because if you are real with where you're really at, then God can meet you in that place of authenticity and he can lead you to where he desires and created you to be, living in Zoe life. But if you think that's for somebody else, then you're gonna be stuck with what the thief intended for your life, to steal, kill, and destroy. So I'm gonna let you just pause there we're not going to rush the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do. We're just going to have a pause moment and you can reflect on these words. You can ask yourself some questions. You can jot down some notes if you want to. But let's just give the Holy Spirit space to speak into our hearts.
I know that we desire this life. Deep down, we all do. And I'm here to tell you that it is possible that we can live this kind of life. It is possible that come rain or shine, hardship or pleasure, this is what can come out of us. It all depends on what's inside of us. Whatever is inside of us will determine what comes out of us when the pressure's put on. See, it's one thing to feel happy and joyful and peaceful when everything's going the way you want it to go. But anybody around here know that life does not always go the way you want it to go? <laughs> Your kids fight. <laughs> the electricity prices increase. You lose your job. You lose someone precious to you. You get locked in your homes. <laughs> the world is broken, my friends. But Jesus is not broken. Jesus is very whole and full of life. And his promise to us of I have come to give you life. I've come to give you Zoe, the God kind of life. And if that's what Jesus says, then that's where my expectation is at. And if my life is not matching up with what Jesus has said, Jesus is not the liar. My life needs to change. Something needs to shift. And then I have to do some circumspecting, what's the word? You always help me with my English. <laughs> Introspection. There we go. I always have to laugh. The girl who grew up in Soweto has to help the girl who went to the private school with her English. So grateful that you are smart. <laughs> I have to do some introspection. I have to go, why am I downcast when he's given me joy? Why am I overwhelmed when he's given me peace? Why am I on the back foot when he is on the front foot? It's got nothing, there's nothing wrong with the Jesus side of this equation. There's something wrong on my side of the equation. And I am the one who has to go. Something needs to change. Something needs to shift. And I'm coming to you to help that take place. But it's not that simple. <laughs> You know, I don't know about you, but it's not as simple when I'm gripped with depression to just go to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me with my depression. It's not that simple when I've still got to put food on the table and I don't have a job to go to the shops to buy the food to put the food on the table. But there's something powerful when I get on my knees and I say, God, I can't, but you can. I am weak, but you are strong. My trust is in you, not in the situation and the circumstances. 
I can't get out of this bed because I feel broken and weighed down by the weight of I don't even know what. But you can meet me where I'm at and you can lift me up and help take that one step out of the bed and get up. You can help me take that next step to go and get in the shower. You can help me to take that next step to go and put some healthy food into my body. Do you know what I'm saying? So when we're in that place of surrender and submission and yielded to God, that resilience begins to grow. That we begin to tap into His grace. That peace begins to flood our heart when there's chaos all around us. That hope begins to rise up when it doesn't look like there's anything to be hopeful about. And you know, it's amazing that as we're in that position of surrender and yielded to Him, what He can do. My friends, there was a time in my life I could not get out of bed. I was broken, broken, done, burnt out, nothing left. My little boys used to say, why does mommy cry so much? Which would make me cry even more because I didn't want to be a crying mommy who couldn't get out of bed. I wanted to be the strong, resilient, vitality, breathing woman who was standing alongside her husband. But I couldn't. But he could. And as you position yourself and you surrender and submit and yield to him and you yield to his word and you yield to his ways of doing life, he begins to heal, restore, build up, help, strengthen, draw others around you. Opportunities begin to happen. Miracles begin to happen. As you celebrate the little victories, you celebrate the little wins, you start to get built up because the Word is bringing life. Jesus is bringing His life. He's bringing His Zoe life to you. But it comes from being in that position of surrender to Him. Reading this word and allowing it to take its truth and transform you on the inside till the outside changes. You see, the word became flesh and Jesus came and dwelt and lived amongst us and that's recorded in the New Testament. And as we begin to read that and as we begin to meditate on it and ponder it and believe it and apply it and obey it, Zoe life begins to manifest inside of us. And then our natural life begins to change and transform because the natural circumstances have to defer to what the spiritual realm is telling it. And if the spirit, if the spirit of Christ within me is saying, you are a woman who I have created with a purpose and a plan, and as I submit to that and not submit to the darkness of depression... I begin to rise up because that is truth and truth will always supersede whatever the natural realm is trying to bring and, and put under, put you under. Jesus said, in this world you will have trials and tribulations and hardship, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Amen. So you take that word, the word of God, the person of Jesus, and you draw near to him, and you allow him to come and fill you, and you obey him, 
and you yield yourself to him, and that Zoe life begins to overtake everything that the enemy wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to bring trials, tribulations, and hardships. Jesus is like, I've overcome the world. And those trials, tribulations, and hardships are going to make you resilient. They're going to make you more courageous. They're going to make you victorious because you're going to overcome them by this word being inside of you as you meditate upon it, as you are faithful with things like what we have in our churches. We have small groups. We have the I Connect. We have the Biblical Foundations course. As you yield yourself to everything that is around you to feed you with the word of God, that's how you get strong. That's how you get well. That's how you get over, become an overcomer. It's how you start to live the Zoe life, the God life. Who wants this God life? I want this God life. I want this every day of my life. I don't want anything short of this. And if this is what the word has promised me, this is what I want to live. Because this is my portion this is my portion. You know, Marunwa gave a beautiful testimony today. She went through some fire. She went through some hardship. She went through some hum humility of having to contact her family and ask them to take care of her basic needs. She, she had to be consistent in the things of, of reading the word and, and being around her connect group who would support her. She could have a very different story if she wasn't taking this word and applying it to her life. She could have submitted to the, I'm unemployed, the unemployment rate's so high, no one gets jobs, I'm a graduate, I've got work experience, this life is so hard, this country sucks, I'm going to go to another country, maybe I'll be valued over there. You, you know what I'm saying? Her story could be very different, but it's not. Her story is a victorious story. Her story is a story full of Zoe life because she did her side of the deal, which is to take responsibility. Scripture tells us that we need to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. Scripture tells us that we are stewards of the life that God has given us, that the days written for us aren't just going to happen in jail that there's actually things that are going to come your way to come and derail you and set you off track. But if you will abide in the Word of God, if you will abide in the presence of God, if you will stay close to Jesus, if you will stay close to His people, you will be an overcomer. Fight the good fight of faith. This is what we are encouraged to do. But if we don't get into this Word, this Word's not going to get into us. So when the challenges and the hardship of life come our way, this isn't going to come out of us. Our default nature is going to come out of us. The Jesus nature is not going to come out of us. I've got a garden, and over the holiday, um, the gentleman who helps us in our garden, um, was on, he was away, and it's amazing how quickly things, particularly weeds, can grow up when, when the garden's not being taken care of. And by the time he came to work this past Thursday, we had all kinds of very, it's amazing how fast weeds grow compared to the, the beautiful plant that you're trying to nurture and look after. The weeds are just like, whoo, whoo. 
And there were weeds everywhere because there's been so much beautiful rain and we live in a very lush place. So there was just these gigantic things everywhere overcrowding the garden. It's the same with our lives. If we're not tending to the garden of our life, if we're not tending to our nature, if we're not pruning and, and looking at the word and saying, hmm, God's word says that about how I deal with anger, but I want to do this, but I've got to yield to that because that's going to produce life and that's going to feed my flesh. So then what happens is we become like we have this life where we've just got all these weeds growing up everywhere. And when the pressures of life come, this doesn't come out of us. But if we're like a wise gardener, steward of our lives and our nature, and we're putting in the right things and we're tending to it regularly, then this is the fruit. This is the fruit. We're going to have a selah moment. What comes out of you when the pressure is on? What comes out of you when stuff is hard? What comes out of you when you don't agree with the other person? I look at the world at the moment, and there is so much fighting and bickering about stuff that we should be standing together on and saying, let's find solutions. Let's work together. What do you know? What do I know? What's truth? How do we figure this out? But there just becomes this fighting and fighting and fighting because people haven't been stewarding the nature. They've just been letting the weeds grow. If you want this kind of life, then you've got to get this into you, into your heart, into your mind. You've got to get around other people who are doing that as well because iron sharpens iron. All right, let's, let's have a little bit of fun. I need two volunteers. I'm gonna pick on Stone. She's like, dang, I shouldn't have sat in the front row. And I'm gonna pick on, are you in, Danae? Are you keen, you good, you happy? Come on, come on, come on. All right, these two beautiful ladies come up to the front for me. Okay, I have to have one of you standing here and one of you standing here. Okay, have you got your acting skills on? Okay, I'm gonna ask you to remove your masks if you feel comfortable to do that, because people need to see your faces. All right, now over here, we're gonna have our cheery Christian. I wanna see your most cheery, happy, vibrant, cheery self happening. Let's see, so what you got, what you got? Okay, and over here, we've got our dreary Christian. Mm. Oh. Okay, so let's divide the room up a little bit. Can we have some cheery people over here? Here's your cheery. Can we have some dreary people over here? Oh. You know, you get some Christians who go through life like this. And you get some Christians who go through life like this. <laughs> Which one are you? <laughs> Which 
Which one are you? <laughs> Which one do you want to be? <laughs> Thank you. That was beautiful acting. <laughs> You know, sometimes I would look at Christians before I became a Christian, and I would wonder why they were so cheery, and, uh, and they would dance and clap their hands and do funny things in church, and I used to call them happy clappers. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, that's a, that's a happy clappy church. And I, and I look back at it now, and I think, well, maybe it's not such a bad thing to be happy and to clap your hands. That's like, you know, it's... What's, what's the opposite to be dreary, like non-expressive, got no kind of zeal for life? But it's amazing how before I became born again, I would have judgment towards people who were happy and celebratory in church. And I'll tell you why. Because I didn't understand that those people had been translated from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light and they were pretty happy about it. I didn't understand that they had received this beautiful gift of a relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. See, I kind of thought my life was fine. Just go through the motions, everything's cool, do what I want to do, go where I want to go, live life. And yet, it wasn't Zoe life. It was a self-sustained life. It was a life that seeked its own pleasures. It was a life that was setting a trajectory of who do I want to be when I grow up? What do I want to do with my life? Me, myself, and I. I wasn't a bad person. I'm a good person. Of course I'm going to go to heaven. Like me and God, we're tight. Had no clue as to who God even really was. I understood a concept I had of him. I understood some stories I'd heard in religion lessons at school, but I didn't know God. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the sustainer and the pursuer of life. Do you know what happens when you build a life on your own concepts and your own vision and your own way, me, myself, and I, what I'm going to do? It doesn't bring this. It brings decisions with consequences that you regret later, and then you have to live with them. You have to try and fix them. You have to try and solve it. Why did I tell that person this when it wasn't actually true? Because now I have to try and make, a, make up another story to combat that story. Why am I even in this relationship? It felt good at the time. Now how do I get out of this relationship? But yet, when you come to a place of finding Jesus at the center of your life, and often it comes at the time when you're at the end of yourself, when you've made so many mistakes, you don't actually know what to do anymore. It often comes when you, everything that you thought you were aiming at was going to bring you a sense of validity and success and, and you still need more, you need more, you need more. It's a humbling moment. 
Jesus said in, in John 5, he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, the person who hears my word, the one who heeds my message and believes and trusts in him who sent me, has, possesses now eternal life. That is, eternal life actually begins. The believer is transformed and does not come into judgment and condemnation, but has passed over from death into life. Jesus has life within himself. And everyone who hears his words and believes the Father receives eternal life, and they are passed from death to life, and they will not face damnation. They will not face the destruction that their own life is leading them down. They have Zoe life for eternity. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't made that decision to actually bend your knee before Jesus and to surrender your life to him, today's a good day today. Today's a good day to do it. Today is a good day to do it. And I'm not going to make you raise your hand or come to the front, but I would encourage you to steward this moment and to come and speak to us after the service. And we would love to speak to you more about what it means to yield your life completely to Jesus. The days that we're living in are becoming more and more confusing more and more challenging, more and more concerning. But if you have the nature of Christ and Zoe life in you, you're going to stand strong. If you have an unstewarded life, if you have an, a, a life that you are not paying attention to what is within you, what is coming out in different circumstances, it's going to get harder and more challenging for you. So I want to encourage you to let this be what you pursue in your life. And it comes by being in the Word of God, being close to Jesus, and allowing this Word to shape and change and transform you. It comes down to abiding in this Word. Throughout this week, we've looked at how the Word is a mirror that you look into, you look into it and you see what you were created to be like. What is the nature that should be within you? It's, it's, in, it's the mirror. We've, we've read about how the word is like a hammer. It comes to deal with all the destructive things in our life that need to get done away with. It need to get shattered. The lies that we believe about ourselves, etc. We've seen that the word is this incredible foundation on which we build our lives. The word brings life. Jesus is the word. Jesus brings life. I'm going to invite Andre and Navasha up now to just lead us in a little moment of consecration and then to pray over us and bless us. Okay. Church, we're just going to take some time just to pray and let the Holy Spirit just work in our hearts and do what he needs to do. So, Father, we, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, 
and the life. And we thank you that through you, we have righteousness. Through you, we have peace. Through you, we have love. Through you, we have courage. Through you, we have resilience. Through you, we have vitality and so much more. It only comes through you, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for this week of consecration that we've, we were able to humble ourselves in your presence. We thank you that you have done a work in each and every one of our lives, in each and every one of our hearts. We thank you that our year is submitted to you. Our lives are submitted to you. We thank you that you have sharpened us in your word. You have sharpened our spirit man that we may hear you, that we may know your voice, that we may go through each day being guided by your spirit. It is not us that lives, but Christ, you that lives through us. So Father, we just want to reminisce on that now. We thank you that even throughout this year, relationships that have been severed, we thank you for restoration and we thank you for healing. We thank you that we will see situations from a new perspective, from a kingdom perspective, situations in our lives that may have seemed hopeless in the past, that may have seemed difficult, too difficult for us to handle in the past, that you bring a new perspective, a kingdom perspective to them, that we will see them the way you see them. We thank you that you are the best teacher, Holy Spirit that you do what we could never do, that you work like we could never work. Let's just take some time now, family, to think about those relationships that maybe were, were severed or harmed or broken, that God wants to bring healing and wholeness to. Let's think about those circumstances and situations that may have seemed hopeless to us in the past and we looked at them and we wondered how is this ever going to change how are your promises Lord ever going to be fulfilled in our lives and let the Holy Spirit minister to you he's the best teacher he's the best helper thank you Father that when your children come to you and they seek you diligently with all their hearts, your word says they will find you. When they knock, you open the door. When they ask, they will receive. We thank you, Father. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at endurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.